Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris Town of Bondi Beach, and today's episode of our podcast with ad-free listening here on Walkify. Walker Music is about pride. So thank you for everybody who sent me uh, emails and text messages and uh, social media contacts about the ending of my four and a half years with Lotta. And I think uh, for all of you who wish to hear this topic about managing a grief or managing losing something or managing uh, discomfort, I'd like to go through exactly how I've had to deal with this topic. It, it, uh, it, it wasn't a topic that I overtly chose, but uh, as you're going to hear, I was no victim. First, if you love somebody, I had to go to this space. Number one, I had to go to being to, to love rather than being in love, which in more simple language of nature is detachment. So I had to detach myself from uh, uh, something. And it wouldn't matter if they stole my car or pinched my laptop or somebody I loved passed away, or it's a relationship ending, I had to go to a place of detachment. Because if you're attached to something that's gone, so are you. So that was the first step, and that's called the discard process. And the discard process on a topic like this just simply ask, one, what do you think's missing, Chris? Make a list. Two, where has it appeared immediately in a new form? What's the new form? Because nothing's ever missing, just changes in form, that's nature's law, can't fight it anywhere in the universe. Nothing's ever missing, just changes in form. So I listed down all the things that I thought might be missing, and boom, found them all, every one. The third thing is, what was the drawback of the old form? That's the, that's the third column. And the fourth column is, what's the benefit of the new form? So, end of grief. End of attachment, detached. So that's step one. It takes about an hour. I'm a little more skilled at most, because I do it for people every day. But it took an hour, which is, for me, was quite surprising how long it took. So detach to us, number one. Detach. Turn in love into love. Second thing is search for ego. So pride. It's mentioned as one of the devil's tricks. And if you believe in good, bad, and the ugly, the as above, so below, pride is testimonial to below. So the dirtier we go in life, the more uh, guttural, the more ugly, the more unconscious, the more stupid, hey, good. The more unconscious we are, the more whatever, ignorant, 
the more pride we will have. And proud of many things, proud of achievements, proud of the car, proud of what we've done, proud. Pride is the devil. Uh, and it's mentioned in every aspect of human development, human spirituality, except for self-help. Where pride, be proud of what you've got, be proud of what you do, is used as a weapon against mental health and depression. So sort of, it's got a rescue uh, life buoy attached to it. Because when really, really we hit the bottom of the barrel, pride helps dig us out. But it, if we hold on to it, it keeps us at the bottom of the barrel, if you understand what I'm saying there. I'm sure you do. So, what am I proud of? <clears throat> I had to go through a list of all the things I was proud of. I was proud of helping her. I was proud of being in a relation with a person half my age. I was proud of the house we created. I was proud of the holidays we'd taken. I was proud of the friendship we held. I was proud of her performance in triathlon, getting better and better. I was proud of the fact that I'd helped. And I made this big long list of where I was proud. And I had to shoot it down. And that was really hard work. And I've got to admit, I didn't see it coming. I didn't realize that I'd grown so attached to, to her behavior that I, it, I'd actually started to become proud of what I was doing. So I was living in a way vicariously through some of the things she was doing. And I had to own that. Oh shit, it was awful. Especially as a coach, because you try to teach people to live the best way they can and then suddenly you find yourself not walking your talk, limping your life, which is one of the teachings that I give anyway. But it was pretty confronting for me to sit down and go, shit, I've, I've not only have I had to move from being attached to detached, from moving from in love to uh, uh, um, detached, which is just plain unconditional love. I ha also had realized that I'd become proud. And this pride was a problem. Because pride blinds you, it makes you sort of, uh, what's the word for it? It makes you sort of naive to what's really happening. And so I, I, I can honestly say I don't get proud of what happens at work and what happens with me and my bike riding. And I don't get proud. I'm probably more the opposite. I'm more self-critical uh, and I have to deal with that topic. But in this topic, I was really proud proud of how much money I'd invested, how much time I'd invested, how much energy I invested. And so I had to unwind that and say that uh, actually all the time and money and energy I was investing was egocentric and it was good and bad. Uh, so I had to do an emotional shower on everything that I was proud of and just flatten it out. Uh, it wasn't about 
self-deprecation and saying, how stupid am I? It was just saying, well, there's two sides to everything and I need to see that. That kills pride straight away. So that was the second step. Uh, the third step, uh, was about going to a train station and unhooking carriages. So when at night, I assume, when a train comes into the station, somebody has to uh, take all the carriages off the, 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 the engine at the front and unhook them all so that can all go into park and be parked individually. And the unhooking process was about the future. So given that my life with Lotta had a map into the future, it had a series of carriages that were attached to the engine, which is me, or the future of me. And I had all these carriages attached to it. The carriages included uh, potentially a holiday in Europe next year, uh, going to triathlon, uh, being with her at the world champs, and suddenly somebody else, uh, the guy that she's met, uh, which is the reason she finally pulled the pin, uh, somebody else has sort of driven in with their future and hooked it onto those carriages and driven off with it. And I watched the carriages go off in the future. And so you sort of stand there going, oh, I got my work as an individual, but my life, which is all seven areas of life, has got to be considered. And some of the seven areas of life got hooked onto another carriage. Or let's say the carriage, which the, uh, the, the engine, the train, uh, which is maybe better, wiser to say it was Lotte herself, hooked those carriages onto her and took off and they are no longer part of my future. And so what the temptation is, is as you can read, read Eckhart Tolle, what the temptation is, is to live in the moment. Just take every day as it comes. And that's, I guess, survival. But it doesn't heal. What it does, it creates sadness. It really, really deep, 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 burrowing sadness. It, it could lead even to depression. And so this last step of the process of letting go was about reinventing, reinventing the future. And you can't rush it. As you know, any of you have done the uh, uh, vision quest in the 30-day challenge, sometimes you just sit there and draw a blank because you're living uh, so much in the moment that really your goals are, are reality. And that's what a person learns to do when they're suffering, when they're struggling with life. They live in the moment their goals become the day. They live day to day, and that's a beautiful, beautiful place to be. It isn't ultimately uh, healthy because it doesn't manifest, magnetize what we want in the future. What it does, it just creates the day, and basically the goals are what we're doing. So what I had to do is sit down and do a vision quest. Now, this was interesting because one of the things I teach is that you can't uh, help others if you're in the same place as where others are. So if I haven't got a clear vision of my future, how can I help others get a clear vision of theirs? And so I had to put the foot on the accelerator with this process. And I did it really simply. It, it, uh, it, it, I just worked 
every, in, in between every break, I sat on the bike on the turbo or sat on the balcony with uh, uh, my dinner or sat out the back garden with the laundry. I just walked around going, what would I love to do in the future? What was I going to do? What would I love to do? And I realized that a lot of what I was going to do was for the purpose of companionship, but it wasn't really, uh, if, you could, if you ask me, uh, what would I love to do in the future? It, it, that wouldn't be on my list. Uh, it was a list of things that I was gonna do because we could do it together. And so it really became conspicuous that as I unpeeled the, the, the future I had, the carriages that I had, and started to replace it with the carriages that I want, that there were some vagaries. I, I, I'd become a little vague on what I love to do. And I remember when Lot and I first met, that's all we did. We only did what I wanted to do because she didn't have a future. She didn't have triathlon. That was something I introduced to her. She didn't have money, so there was no holidays. She didn't have uh, anything else but a very, very difficult job in a coffee shop. And so she lived my life. And so I went back four and a half years and said, well, when I met her, what was I doing? What, did, what were the things that engaged me? Uh, even with my uh, 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 spine that can't climb mountains anymore, I can, I can still walk. And so I remembered we went on holidays to Tasmania and I went, we went uh, away for weekends and we didn't go bike riding. We didn't go for the purpose of that. We went to go and explore another part of Australia, a go bush. So I sort of let myself drift in and out of that space. I don't want to go back to the past, of course, but I want to say to myself, what would I love to do in the future? So I, I basically did a seven areas of life vision. I got a life. And, you know, it's a harsh, it's, it's half la harsh language, but you, really the language of a vision quest is get a fucking life. Get a life. Get a life that you want to live and invite people to join you rather than uh, get a life they want to live and then try to get invited to join them. And so I realized trying to get invited to go to Utah to the World Champs or try to get invited to go to Cairns to watch Lotta train, those were me begging for it to be a carriage on someone else's train. And that in the process of doing this, and because I focus so much on the work I do, uh, I really, um, I suppose you could say I didn't get, I, 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 it was not my life. I, I didn't get a life. And so it was fantastic to see that at the end of the day, I actually sabotaged this relationship or nature sabotaged this relationship or this relationship was sabotaged in order to get a life. And then bit by bit, I went, oh God, I'd love to go back down to Tassie and walk Cradle Mountain, uh, at least up the side of it, the, the front end and stay at the peppers like um, I like I love and then go to Devonport and uh, not bike ride, but go for a swim in the ocean and kayak up the Franklin. And so I thought about Tassie, then I thought about, then I thought, oh, maybe I could go over to Adelaide and watch the tour down under. And I thought, oh, there's nothing more boring. I could never imagine, do I've got no interest in the bike racing, it was, it was again, only because it was something I could do with a lot and I've got no interest in it. So it was really, uh, oh, it was really mind blowing to see how out of what's called in love and pride and out of attachment, 
And because I work so much and I love my work so much, these things were, I suppose you could say, became secondary, who cares? So I'll just do it. But now that the relationship finished, I had to be honest and really stand up and go, what the heck? What would I love to do? And a beautiful, beautiful friend of mine said, do you want to spend some time together over Christmas and do something together? And I said, yeah. And I thought, what would that be? <laughs> what would that be? What would I love to do and invite my friend to do with me? Or what would they love to do and I do it with them? And I had to sit down and go, what would I love to do for five days out of Sydney over Christmas? And the weird part of this in such a short period of time, I'd forgotten it. Basically, if you ask me now, if you had asked me a couple of days ago, I would have said just stay at Sydney uh, and work, coach, write a book. That's not real. It's a part of us all wants to play, go and do adventures, have fun. Uh, and it's a healthy thing to put yourself a little bit arm's length from your work so you get a viewpoint on it. So I love to take a, a really good uh, bunch of research books. I love to go somewhere. I like to do something while I'm there. Maybe that's bike riding, maybe it's not. Maybe it's kayaking. Maybe it's just bushwalking. Maybe it's photography. But then the options started to open up. And what happened in the process of doing all that is I did a, it was basically a vision quest. And the vision quest is sort of saying, if, if I had to choose and I didn't have to compromise and there wasn't another person involved, what would I do and invite others to join me in? And every molecule of that story that I started putting back together again, uh, the moments of uncertainty or uh, a, a wobbly or confusions evaporated. In the end, I'm sitting there going, it's, 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 it's only a week or so. Uh, if she came back, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it. I'd be, I'd be saying no thanks. One of the key things about letting go of something is to say, well, I detach from it, which means I, I'm really thankful for what I had, really thankful, but I don't want it back. That's the definition of detachment. And I can honestly say, just after a few short weeks, um, I have a new vision, a new uh, sense of self, a new commitment to my work, a new level of vision and uh, uh, again as we'd say with nature if you don't volunteer for it if you're not self-aware she's going to tap you on the shoulder and make you do it anyway so whether it was a tap on the shoulder or me as i realized demanifesting a relationship over the last 12 months because i really really honestly got to say some of the things that we were planning to do were not my true bag uh, and then you end up in a great space uh, so when people say to me, oh, I'm so sorry to hear about that, you go, no, there's nothing to be sorry about. It's spectacular. All right, time for a swim. Bye for now.